Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Broad Street Line. We are glad to be back here with you in the WPPM studios for another Saturday morning. Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you this fine Saturday morning, sir? Well, I'm doing great. Very good, uh, except for our pre-conversation, because we're going to talk about stuff that's just going to get me mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I usually like to have us, ha- have us break these segments into equal parts. I'm pretty sure... Segment number one is going to be a pretty long segment today because we have a lot to talk about here on the WPPM LP airwaves this morning, this fine Saturday morning in the city of Philadelphia. We're gonna we're gonna get to our four for four segment. In Just a to bit. summarize, yes. people are annoying. People are mad about. Uh, yeah, things. yeah. People are mad. Like I, I mean, there is a segment. I mean, maybe it's just the world we live in today with what everything. People are just angry. <laughs> People are just angry, and we're here to, to, to hopefully calm people down, make people feel good. Again, this is a feel-good edition of, of sports radio, the feel-good sports talk radio, the Broad Street Line on 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia. In the second segment of the show, speaking of people being mad, we're going to talk about athletes and social media because people are very upset about athletes using social media for various reasons. We'll talk about the backlash that Carson Wentz received this past week. We'll talk about Joel Embiid getting fined by the National Basketball Association for his use of social media um, earlier. I think it might have been last week uh, when this whole thing started with uh, LeVar Ball. So we'll discuss that and how athletes use social media a lot of times for good. But again, there are, there are also or some... even like or, or sorry, right? yeah. even like like at, like sports personalities, because mm-hmm. like I see like we'll talk about it, but. Like, I don't know what, like, is it a good thing to, like, respond to trolls? Like, like that's, a, like, I always wonder if you're trying to, like, get people in. And, and I see some, some certain certain sports hosts just insult people. And I'm like, is that a good idea? I don't know if it's a bad idea. We'll talk more about it in yeah. the segment. I don't know if it's a bad idea. Like, I think there's a certain line that you don't want to cross. Yeah. As long as you don't cross that line, I don't think it's a bad thing okay. necessarily. But we'll, we'll discuss that more in segment number two. In segment number three... We're going to talk about how this might be the worst period in sports in Philly history. And I'm not just talking about the time of the calendar year. Oh, what, right today? Now. No, <laughs> because not, it's not bad. 20, not 2017 right now. But, I mean, like, in recent history in Philadelphia sports, this is a bad time of year. And Mike Sealski from the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote a column, and he said that this could very well be the worst uh, several-year period 
in Philadelphia sports history. So we'll, we'll explore that a little bit later in the show. But we have a lot to talk about before we get to that. So before we get to that, I do want to tell you, please, ladies and gentlemen, check us out on thebsline.com. You can listen to all of our episodes, the shows we do here at the Philly Cam Studios and the shows we do each and every week on the Spreaker Radio Network. So you get two doses of the Broad Street Line each and every week, Saturdays at 10 here. And we usually do our show Thursdays. You can get all the shows at thebsline.com. If you want to check us out live, we'll be at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival uh, next Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Tattooed Mom, 530 South Street. We're right in the middle of the mix at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Um, there's 60 shows over the course of a couple of weeks. There's a good write-up about the podcast festival in the uh, Philly Metro. Philly Voice had a, had a piece. Philly Mags Online, um, they had a piece about the, the podcast festival. Geekadelphia, a lot of traction for a lot of great shows. We were going to be right in the mix. If you come Three out, years in a row. Three years in a row. We were, we, this is the third time we were going to be at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It's only been around for five years. So, so we, were, we got in, in in the relative infancy of the podcast festival. And I'm putting the call out there on the airwaves. Oh, no. On the FM airwaves <laughs> once again. <laughs> If you come out to our show. We're even extending this to the FM every, frequency. Everybody, everybody's getting this. <laughs> FM, the frequency modulation folks are getting this as well. If you come out to the show and you come up to one Chris Domingo and you say, hey, I saw your Facebook post. I heard you on the radio. I heard you on Spreaker. I, I'm here because you told me to come out. Chris Domingo's going to buy you a drink. T-Pain style. <laughs> T-Pain situation. <laughs> I'm not even putting a limit on it. No, no limit. <laughs> Usher style. No limit. We're buying. He is buying. I'm, I gotta say, I gotta make this clear. He is buying, but you have to physically come up to Chris Domingo. No, 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 no. Like, either you or me, like, you say, I came to see Chris and or Roy. Okay. Or the Broad Street Line. Okay. Or John Appetit. Oh, you are you put it out there? Yes! Oh, you put it out there. Because I'm going to stick around for both shows. All right, because John Appetit's coming on at 4 p.m. We got a very good show. I told, I told you, this is all I'm doing on, on Saturday. I don't want to give it away. We got some fun. Then happening. I'm going to eat food. We got some giveaways for both shows. We got some giveaways. The, uh, the care package is coming from our friends at Veteran Charity for, for the Broad Street Line. We got another care package coming for John Appetit. We have giveaways. We really, we really are, are just daring people to come and take our goods and take our money. If you come out to, I promise you, if you come out to Tattoo Mom next Saturday, July 22nd, between the hours of 3 p.m. and 5 p.m., you will get multiple free things. And if you come up to us, you will get a drink. <laughs> like, you really can't beat that for a Saturday. Like, that's a really good Saturday in my mind. I think we just sold the entire region. We're putting this out there. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to put this out there again. So hit, hit us up again. We'll be out there at Broad Street Line. 3 p.m., Tattoo Mom, 530 South Street. As Chris said, make a day out of it. Come see us. Do our podcast thing. Then go up and down on South Street. There's plenty of food places to, to stop at. You got Woodrow's. You got Jim's. You got Ishkabibble's. You got all sorts of good things. Get your Philly taco on with your Lorenzo's pizza and your Jim's cheesesteak. Do whatever you want. Make a day out of it at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Again, it starts this weekend. So if you want to go down to Tattoo Mom, they already have shows going on this weekend. But we are going to be on next weekend, weekend two of the Podcast Festival, at 3 p.m. next Saturday at Tattoo Mom. Again, 530 South Street in Philadelphia. All right, sir, it is time to get to our four for four segment, the four stories we think you folks out there should be thinking about or at least talking about on, on some level. Chris Domingo's favorite sporting event in the summer. Rest, uh, SummerSlam. I'm sorry. Second favorite sporting event in the summer. Uh, uh, Come on. Uh, Come on. You know what it is. Battleground. No, no, no. The, <laughs> the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, ladies and gentlemen, a fine two-to-one ex- exhibition, the American League champions over the National who, who, Leagues. So who won, the American League? Yes. 
Two to one. Two to one. That was it. Extra innings. Two uh, to one. Extra inning game. Yes, two to one. Two to one. It was a very it was a very high spirited game. Pitching dominating as always. More right? importantly, does it decide who in the world is has the home field advantage in the World Series? The answer is no. It, this time it does not count. <laughs> It does not count. That was the dumbest thing ever. Who? What genius decided to do that? I think it was. I think it was Bud Budrick. Oh Budrick, my! Budrick Selig. Can you imagine having something a, a not even an exhibition? It's an exhibition. A not. This is below. This is a, a level below exhibition. You think so? Yes. I think this is exhibition level. Because like, again, it's like it doesn't count for anything, and it's the closest representation of the sport of any All Star game. So I will. I will consider it an exhibition. We can agree to disagree mm-hmm. on that. Um, but anyhow, the All Star game just happened. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on, on our show on Wednesday. I, I do have an addendum to make or a change to make to, to the numbers. Some of the numbers I threw out there. I said on Saturday, I said on the Wednesday show that the average age of the people watching the baseball game, uh, the All Star game, was was fifty six years old. No, that was the that was the that, uh, this is the median age. So the median age <laughs> of everybody who watched the baseball All Star game this past weekend or this past Tuesday. Is fifth was fifty six years old. So obviously that means if it's the median, yes. I, I, I'm just trying to think of what I remembered in grammar school. There, that's the middle. That's the middle age. If you put every like line everybody up in a, in a row by age and pick out the middle middle person, man or woman, that person was fifty six years so, old. So fifty well, percent of people, I'm sorry, fifty percent of people who watched the baseball all star game were fifty six years old or older. Okay, so we could say that the same amount of people who are less than 55, either the same amount of people less than 65 watch the game. 56, equal, 56. Equaled. So what I'm saying is. 50, 50. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Don't make it hard. I'm sorry. Like, Don't make it no, hard. It's just, Don't confuse it, the people. It boggles my mind. Here's another breakdown of it, okay? 1.2. Um, oh, let, me, let me go all the way down the level. 286,000 people who watched the game were between the ages of 12 and 17. All right. So clearly the tweens had, and, and teens had no, no, no business or no desire to watch baseball. Isn't fine. that, is it, if you're a baseball, like, I don't know, like in the, one of the higher ups in baseball, is that concerning? Well, here's the thing. Let me, let me break down the other numbers. Cause I think the other numbers are a bit more concerning between the ages of 18 to 34, a nice, nice, sweet spot of the target market. 1.2 million viewers. 1.8 million viewers between the ages of 35 and 49, and 5.6 million viewers over the age of 50. So let's break this down. 3 million people between the ages of 18 and 49 watched the game. Almost twice as many people who are over 50 were Which is really, in every facet of life, the target demographic. You want, the, you want that 18 to 49. You want that, you want that people. I, I, like. You know, from a marketing standpoint, you want the older people because they have the money, but you want the younger people. Well, you want baseball to market because, well, yeah, but but you want the younger people because they're going to be the older people at some point. But most of your people, most of the people who watched it, you know, more than fifty percent of people who watched this game were fifty-six years old or older. Last year, the median age fifty-four point six. So we're getting older. We're getting even older year over year. This is incredible. Oh, oh but baseball's thriving. Like, like I like because this fascinates you, or like, like on occasion, I, I read a lot about like. Because Jason Stark, the great Jason Stark, wrote God. this article about like I, I mean, people can point to the, to the money and all that, but the overall relevance of baseball yep. has never been lower. It's not. I, 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 I mean, heard. you like I could have a ten hour discussion on this, and you can point to everything. You could you could point to the, the revenue being all time high, the TV contracts. I mean, 
it's window dressing. I, I mm-hmm. mean, you still need to attract younger, the, the new generation. You have to get the next next generation of baseball fans to buy in, and no, and they're not watching. They're not in, and you need to do something. But of course, of but of course, you're doing it at the risk of alienating your core customer, because this is why. Old people watch older people watch baseball. Yes, because it's the same sport that they watched when they were when they were a kid. Exactly. And I, I mean, shout out to them for for holding on. But I mean, like, isn't there a middle ground where you can change the game a little bit? It, it, just the quality of the like the, the 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 quality of the product, the way you market the players, the way you market because. Baseball and I, David Johnson, is a regional sport now. They are, they don't even care about the national like the national interest because they're getting so much money from all their TV deals. And it's like, okay, we're doing okay. But at some point, mm-hmm. don't you need that target audience to grow? You would think so. And and, and they've they they've tried to speed up the game a little bit. The game's actually longer this year um, than it was before because they, they have the pitch clock now, and it, it's done things to kind of speed the game up. I think that's part of it. But I don't know, like, I'm not sure what else you can do to baseball that wouldn't be considered, quote-unquote, quote-unquote radical um, to, the, to the diehard fans. Because, again, like, you have these games that are going, I think, I think the average game is like three hours and five minutes now. Like, that's a long time for a lot of people to, 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 to watch a sport, to, to kind of be engrossed in, in, in your sport. And I, I'm sorry, Roy, yes. and, and I also think that the, the, the lack of individualism in baseball is not attracting Younger people, because Agreed. because, Agreed. sorry, I'm not I'm not young. I like my athletes showing some swag. That sounded very thirty five. <laughs> that sounds that sounds very fifty six and over. <laughs> no, but I like like I, I mean I watch wrestling, but I like I like seeing my the the people I'm watching have a little personality. You and would, you would like that. And, and you're not like anytime someone shows personality, they're like, oh man, bush league, not playing the game right. I'm like. Hey, you're the you're the target de- demographic. So I don't. So so they're not even trying to, to win me over. And the thing about baseball is, <laughs> baseball is is probably if I had to think about it, probably well maybe not maybe second maybe the second most individual sport maybe even the most because you like if you're a batter it's you versus the pitcher like you it's it's all on you like you like baseball players you know are in control of their basically their own destiny I, I guess for lack of a better term than any other individual Roy, player Roy you could probably win a world series by having one really good pitcher right if like, you know, but if you know, but what i'm saying is like, like like one really good baseball player can stand out more Oh, true. Then probably one really good basketball player, because on this, on some level with a basketball, like at some level, you like you need your teammates to do a little bit of something. Yeah. But a baseball, like if you're a Bryce Harper and you go up there and you just you hit for the cycle and you make good good plays and you're good or whatever. You're, you're less reliant. It's yes, the thank it's you. a thank sport you. that you're the least reliant on, on another human being. Correct. So and the thing is, so that should make baseball fan, uh, stars easier to market. Well, I mean, it probably does, but the fact that you know they don't market their stars very well is very and I weird but, to but me. no, but I think it's the whole like baseball, and, and, but it's it's the irony of it, like it's the most like it's the sport that you could stand out the most individually, mm-hmm. but they don't want you to stand they out as you, an individual. Yeah, it's they it's want the you to be the team, it's but the, it's like more important, like but you need the players. I mean, those are the those are the commodities more than the teams. That that's the thing about the NBA that they've gotten right. They're marketing the players, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh, Steph Curry, he plays for the Warriors, right. not the other way around." We're like, "Oh, the Colorado Rockies, I don't even know who plays for the Colorado Rockies." 
Justin Bora, I think. Justin Blackman? Justin Bora. Oh, no, Nelson, no. Nelson Arenado. No. Charlie Blackman? Charlie Blackman. Charlie Sorry, Blackman. I got my Blackmans. Come like, on. But that's, like, there's not enough name recognition. And there needs to be. There definitely, there definitely needs to be. And, again, like, there's... There needs to do a, a lot. There needs to be a lot more uh, of of a marketing push by by the folks in charge at, at at you know in baseball. And again, it's not juicing the balls isn't the way to do it. I mean, you need to actually put these guys in front of cameras, have them do interviews, and have them be out there. Put so, them on one of those got milk thing. Like that, like I always say, I could go and and out like twenty minutes just watching TV or doing anything, and not and see an NBA athlete, right. LeBron James, whatever, right. What's the last time you could go watch a television and see a baseball player? Not very often, <laughs> not very often, which is which is really sad. So we'll so we'll talk more about the baseball, uh, the baseball problem probably later in, later in the summer because it's not going to go anywhere. Um, so because it's, it's better those, talk about the Phil than talk about the Phillies. <laughs> it's one of those ever evergreen topics. Um, speaking of the NFL, you brought you brought up. Well, we should have brought up the NFL. The NFL players. May go may need to go on strike, according to one Richard Sherman, because of course. When did, when did Richard Sherman become the spokesperson for the, for all the NFL? Players? He's the voice of the NFL, Richard Sherman or the NFLPA, I guess I should say, um, because the the tra- tradition, unlike any other, no, not the Masters, <laughs> NFL players getting mad at these NBA salaries. This is the only one of the in- more interesting things that that happened in the summertime. This happens every summer. Happened again because you got dudes getting $30 million and $35 million. I think we joked where that – I think Drew Holiday was like – the well, that night – I think the Curry contract because they're like, yo, Steph Curry makes $40 million. Yes, the thing. Like, I, I mean, Drew Holiday, I mean, whatever. And Steph Curry, really to me it's whatever. But, I mean, NFL players clearly do not think this is a whatever situation. Um, so, yeah, so they, they, were, they were firing these Twitter shots at these NBA players getting, getting $25, $30, $35 million. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Guaranteed money. Um, so – Richard Sherman said that the players need to be willing to go on strike. He said, quote, you're going to have to miss games. You're going to have to lose money if you're willing to make the point because that's how the MLB and NBA got it done. Now, I said on, on Wednesday that NFL players can't strike. They, they can strike. I mean, it violates the contract, but they could go on strike because they do have an agreement. Um, they can go on strike. It would violate the CBA. Owners can lock them out. It would also violate the, C- the CBA. So technically, they they aren't supposed to because of the collective bargaining agreement, but they could. If the NFL players decided, you know, tomorrow we're not showing up to training camp, they could get it, you know, they could, you know, it could happen. They'd they'd go to court and probably, you know, there'd probably be some sort of injunction, but it could happen. Here's the thing, all right? Let's break this down. (laughs) There's only one way to break it down, right? (laughs) We're going to talk about this on, on, on Wednesday. We need to talk about this now because really this is just a math issue, all right? This is a math. You don't have to be like again. The man over here, the other man you hear, Chris Domingo, incredible accountant. You do not need to be an incredible accountant to understand how the math works in this situation. But let's break it down for everybody. Let's break it down. If you are an NFL player listening right now, I'm going to break it down for you because it ain't that hard. All right, the NFL makes twelve billion dollars in revenue each year. All right, the NBA. Brings in about five billion dollars in revenue in, the, in the, each year. So you're like, okay. So if you didn't know anything about anything, all right, you're like, oh well, the NFL makes you know two and a half times more than the NBA. So NFL players, you know, if you didn't know anything about sports or a number of people on teams, then you would say, all right, well maybe this works. However, there are 32 NFL teams. There are 53 players per team plus dudes in the practice squad. So if you add everybody up, it's like 1,800 players. All right. Conversely, the NBA has 30 teams, about 15 dues on each team, so roughly 450 players. 
So you have to pay four times as many players in the NFL and you do in the NBA. Therefore, you don't see crazy contracts in the NFL. Isn't this, like, isn't this like when you have a pizza party, Roy? Yeah. And if, if if you're going to like a guys with 30, like 30 people, you got to buy more pizzas. got to buy more pizzas. Like you, if you have the pie, <laughs> you have to split the pie up a whole lot. Like, it's, there's a very good chance that, well, not a very good chance, people are going to get less of the pie. Like, it's just, like, you got to split it up 1,800 ways. And like, certain players, look, quarterback's always going to get paid. Left tackle's always going to get paid. That's, there you go. Oh, yeah, Richard Sherman making a nice nickel, too. $15 yeah. million dollars a year. Yeah, make Richard Sherman, he's doing all right. But, like, if you're looking, if you're like, oh, man, how come, like, there aren't a whole bunch of guys getting paid Mike Conley money? Because you got to pay 60 guys. Yeah. Like, it's mad. Oh, no. And, no, <laughs> I, I think what they are, I, I think what they what they were chirping at was the guaranteed money. Right. But I think, I, I mean, and, and I think, I think it's kind of irresponsible for Richard Sherman to say, yeah, we should go on strike because obviously you're not thinking about the dude who's made, who like the, the second backup offensive guard. Who's like, I don't know, making 300 grand, be like, sorry, man, I can't like, there are more backup players in the league than starters. And look, and everybody and everybody in the NFLPA, you know, they, 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 put some of their money into that strike fund just in case they, they have to go. And that's cool on, on some level for some, you know, for like, like that'll get like, like, look, Richard Sherman doesn't need to work. Like he's fine or whatever like that. And like whatever strike fund you have, it'll probably get like these, like these end of the bench guys through like a couple of months or whatever like that. But these guys, as you said, can't really afford to go on strike. No, it, it, if the NFL ever went on strike, I'd be one of those offensive guards hitting up Richard Sherman for money. I'd be like, yo, Rich, can I get 10 grand? Because yeah, after, after that union pool runs out, like those dudes, like the last dude, like I'm trying to think who the last, I don't know who's the last guy in the Eagles. Like who's 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 like a special teams guy? Bryce Treggs. Bryce Treggs. If you look at Bryce Treggs, hopefully he gets cut. <laughs> oh, like you look at Bryce Treggs. Bryce Treggs is like, yo, if you go on strike right now, and sometime in November, Bryce Treggs is like, yo, man, I need a check. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. How am I gonna pay my mortgage? Like, like that, or like how am I? Like I have a family. Like I need, like I need a check. Like this is like this is crazy. See, this is the problem with having like your upper echelon players as like union leaders. Like, I don't even think Richard Sherman's a part of the like you. Need, I think he might be. I think he might be the Seahawks guy. This is why you need a blend. I think you need more of the of the of the majority the of the rank and file guys. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like Roger Mason Jr. was right. like was was the head guy for the NBA for a while. Right. I mean, it's strange to have Chris Paul because can Chris Paul really talk to like. The, for the rest of the most of the NBA players, not really. Chris Paul put in a, put in a rule the the over thirty eight rule, so Chris, <laughs> so Chris Paul could get extra cash in, in his contract. No, no, he wasn't thinking about like Omri Caspi when he was doing. No, it. no, no. Chris Paul was like, "Yeah, man, what about Tim, Timote Luau Cabro?" When I put in this extra rule from the TBA, nah, nah. Let me just get this. Let me just get this cash. No, like you're right. You need rank and file guys. Like you need a blend of guys. Like it, it, you, you need a, a higher profile guy just to get kind of get some buzz because when they talk. Like when Richard Sherman talks or Chris Paul talks, it carries a certain cachet. But you really need to worry about the the Ersan, well not Ersan and Silva, but you need to worry about the lower end guys, the Alex Tim Poit- Poitras is, is, yeah. is, is, the Larry Drews, the Tim Frazier's, and guys like that. But here's the thing, like I, like you can't look at these contracts. It's a totally it's apples and oranges. You cannot look at NBA contracts and say, oh man, the NFL really needs to do that. Because it's just different. Yeah, no, it, it, it's just it, it's impulse, and, and you're like, oh, like why aren't we? It was like, Rich, if you step back 
and just take a look at the landscape, landscape. you'll realize that you probably shouldn't be talking about this. Right. And, and should they maybe maybe try to fight more for guaranteed contracts? Sure, sure. But again, like you, you got to be willing to you got to be willing to, to eat some crow on that. Like, you got to be willing to sit out a couple months because it ain't going because the owners aren't just going to wake up and start guaranteeing NFL contracts all over, all of a sudden. No. So like, you, it, look, it's once again is the NFL system broke? It looks like it looks like everybody's getting paid. Right? <laughs> like, owners owners doing good. Players doing good. Players doing good. So uh, I think we're good. Like, I, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like this is like it, it, it's a it's a weird subject to be like, yeah, sorry, Rich, can't feel remotely sorry for any NFL player. Yeah, I, I mean, other than like you getting like the proper medical care for anything, right? But money wise, you kind of look pretty bad. Like I don't know, say, oh yeah, I just made sixteen million dollars this year, but yo, I'm gonna say I I should have gotten forty. But I mean, like, but you can't you can't position yourself as as the champion for everybody. Uh, in in that situation, because you're really not like you you really like I don't think that he's fighting for for Chance Wormack second no! contract. I, I just don't think he is. Um, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about another sport. We're gonna hit like almost every sport in, in this rundown. The Sixers, your team, your town, your Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, now have a season ticket waiting list because of the the energy surrounding the team is so much. They have virtually sold Sorry. out every single These... season ticket. I, I I wish I could say the word. These people, the Sixers, yeah. These this organization, yes, are the greediest bunch of people I've ever like. Well, let me, let me run it oh, down. Yes, let me, please, let me run it please. Down. Something please. called Club Seventy Six. <laughs> there are three levels to this. There's a regular level, there's a priority level, and an elite level. This is the levels of the season ticket play, uh, waiting list. Now, the regular level um, is free, so you get you get placed on the season ticket waiting list. You get some emails, whatever. There's another level, tier two, priority. You get enhanced status on the waiting list, two T-shirts, two magnets, and early access to single-game pre-sale ticket, to the single-game pre-sale of the single-game tickets for the year. And there's another level called the Elite, which is $176. And these are all per year, by the way. You got to re-up every year. So you get super enhanced status on the season ticket. What does that mean? You get super. It's super. It's even better. <laughs> access to playoff tickets. Not, not free playoff tickets. You get access to playoff tickets and two hats. They're literally charging people for the, to, get, to get on the season ticket waiting list. To get any basically any reasonable shot of getting season tickets. Your reaction to this, Chris Domingo? Because I'm not even sure where I land on this. No. I, no. This is called opportunity cost. Yes. Because... You haven't had opportunity cost in a long time. This is like, I don't know, seeing, okay, we have a window. Mm-hmm. There's this crazy buzz. I, we still haven't got, we, I don't think, have we discussed the fact that they're sold out for the, they're sold out for season tickets this season? Virtually, virtually sold out. That's why they have this A list. team that won 50, 28 games. Yes, a, t- a team that's, what was it, seven, I had heard a number this morning, what was it, 75 and 253 over the last four seasons? A team, oh, lines. sorry, and a team where their best player played 30 games. Correct. A team where their supposed second best player Hasn't played a game. Correct. <laughs> they're, they're supposed to the third best player is a rookie. Correct. And got hurt in, the, in a summer league. That's all accurate. And sold out, basically. Does this kind of dovetail in what Mike Sealski said is like, it's so bad around here that you really need to latch on to something, anything to like get that has a semblance of like hope? Uh, I don't I never thought of it that way. I just thought of it that the, the Sixers have something really good going right now. And you want to get no, in. but don't, but don't you need like? Don't you so, need to see something? Don't you need a, a like Ace of Base sign? Uh, 
was was Joel Hans and Bede's thirty one games not your sign? No, I, your, I mean it, it that was, was not your Justin Timberlake sign. I need a bigger I need a bigger sign than that for to, for me to plop down a few grand for for for, for season tickets. I, look, I, if look if you want to spend your money on season tickets, God bless you. And, and if the no, Sixers, but usually there's no, but like usually. Because maybe it's maybe Philly's a better basketball town than I ever like. I know it's a good basketball town. This is this is showing that it's a great basketball town because there are teams. Yeah. These are there are teams that are way more developed than the Sixers. Like say the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. I, I see empty seats like there all the time. Yeah, but Milwaukee, Milwaukee's weird. But okay, like, but, right. but you're but you're right though. Like like the Sixers have basically sold more season tickets than any other city like around, and the Sixers. As evidence on the court, or the evidence they've shown you so far, it, does, it it's not congruent with the amount of season tickets they've sold. So, by that point, you're right. This this is probably a really good basketball town. Well, it's either a really good basketball town, or as you said, a team that's a town that's really hungry for something. And they're like, look, the Sixers look the best of anybody, so let's get in on this. But I don't know what it is. Well, but to get back on, uh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the the this is what I think people forget about owners is owners are people too. Mm-hmm. And they did not become owners or they did not become rich by not seizing an opportunity when they see it. Correct. <laughs> Josh Harris, the last well, – how long was he on the team? Four years? Something more, like more, that? More than that. More than that. Yeah. In, 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 in most of that time, he has not had an opportunity to cash in. Correct. This is his money in the bank briefcase right now. If people are willing to pay you $76 and $176 Take it. – you should take the money. Like I'm not even I'm not even mad at the Sixers because again, the backlash that you'll get from this for is, is pales in comparison to the actual money that you will get from this. So I'm okay. Like like I look, man, I, I went to school for business. I, I took econ classes and they were we were told multiple times, you know what, if you're in business, you really don't want to leave money on the table. There clearly is money on the table that, that can be had. So if I'm Josh Harris, I probably take it. I am I'm, an I'm equal. Not... I'm an equal opportunity money grabber. Get that like money. that's the thing. It's like people always want to say like the players and like dude, the players should get as much as they want. Yep. Shouldn't the owner? Like I know they're they're making a lot of, but like I mean, can you fault him? Like I, I, if I mean, someone's willing to give you the money, you should take it. Whether, yes. you're, whether you're a player or an owner. Period. That's it. That's it. Like it really is it. Like if someone's willing to give you know a, an average. You know, a basketball player, $25 million, he should take it. If someone's willing to give Josh Harris $176 to wait on the season, to, to possibly get a season ticket and get a couple of hats and magnets, then Josh Harris should take it. But, but like, even though we are allowed to say, oh, he's not worth it or you look greedy. But, I mean, this is why we're here in this country is to money grab, right? <laughs> Josh, well, I mean, that's not, I mean, that shouldn't be the reason. No, but here. like. The like, land of opportunity. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Like if you, everybody out there, and however many hundreds or thousands of people out there that say, "Oh, Josh Harris is a, is a money," like he can't hear you because he's got that money phone to his ear. Yeah, right? no, he he's got money earplugs. Like like you know how how like Patrick Watt couldn't hear when he was getting criticized because he had like his rings in his ear. Yeah. He's got like money earplugs. Yeah, Josh Harris ain't worried about you. He's worried about cashing them checks, man. And you, if you keep giving them the money, the money, then like I don't blame him. I really do. I really. I really, like, I really don't like that. It, it's not like a terrible look, right? No, it's not a terrible. Like it's seventy six bucks and one hundred seventy six bucks, and they throw you a couple of keys to make you feel good. Okay, so 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 I mean, like it was like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, no, like that's what. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You know what? This is a dead topic because I thought it was more. No, no, no it's yeah, it's it's, it's whatever. Um, a topic that's not dead, <laughs> but sadly should be. Um, the promotional tour for the Mayweather McGregor fight, WrestleMania um, thirty four. Yes, yes, because this is like like I mean. Explain it because this is I, – I need to vent on this. All right, so 
Floyd Mayweather, um, one of the, the greatest welterweights of all time, is fighting a dude who has never boxed ever. Um, Conor McGregor, MMA star Conor McGregor, the notorious Conor McGregor, um, in a boxing match in late August in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so this past week they've been going on, going on a promotional tour. What's, sorry, we're, yes. like what's what's the payout here? Like how how, many, how much are these guys getting? I've heard different numbers. I think Mayweather's going to going to going to rake in at least a hundred million dollars. I heard <laughs> I heard McGregor, a kid who has never boxed a match in his life, is going to get somewhere in the area of seventy five million dollars. <laughs> um, so which is again scores and scores more than he's ever made in his life. Um, so they've gone on a promotional tour over the past uh, couple couple of days. They've gone on multiple multiple countries. Actually, they went to Toronto. And went to London, the final stop in a, in a promotional tour. Um, here's the thing: this is the most orchestrated, uh, orchestrated, ridiculous, over the top, offensive thing I've ever seen in my no, life. No, like I don't even cons- like Roy. I consider this on par with wrestling right now. This I- is worse than wrestling, though. They, they're going racial slurs. They're going homophobia. They're going everywhere with oh, this. No. This is no, unbelievable. No, like, and that's the thing. Every- that's how you know that it's orchestrated because it's coming from each side. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, of course, like, I don't know. It, it would just be, like, typical for Conor McGregor to throw, like, a racial, like, type slur at him. Right, of course. For, for, like, you could have, like, booked this. Right. You knew this was coming. <laughs> like, you knew before this happened. If you had any idea who Conor McGregor was. Because Conor McGregor has a history of saying things that, that are that are not above the board when it comes to race and things like that. You know, he said some questionable things. So when Conor McGregor, who said, you know, when, when Floyd was up there, Conor McGregor went up there and said, yo, dance for me, boy. And he said he said it one time. He said it the first time. I think it was the, the second stop of the tour. He said, dance for me, boy. Right? So you're like, all right. So at that point, you're like, all right, maybe – you know, like what is like what is where is this coming from? Maybe kind of you know because the people always have the maybe he didn't know any better, but whatever, that's yeah. a lie. He said it again the next day, so you're like, all right, well, if somebody got in his ear and said, "Yo, Connor, you shouldn't have said it," then he wouldn't have said it again. But the fact that he said it again the next day is like, oh, you know what? This is a whole, this is a whole orchestrated thing. Yeah. These two guys are trying to play everybody for their hundred dollars, and a lot of people are falling for it. Yeah, don't fall for oh, it. Oh no, oh no. Do you think? On any level, Floyd May- Mayweather was offended by Conor McGregor because he no. probably told him to say it. No, and then Floyd, and then Floyd, you know, he said some because Conor, we even went over the line. <laughs> well, he went farther over the line uh, yesterday because people asked him about the thing, and then he said, "You know, I'm not against black people. I'm half black from the belly button down." <laughs> Sorry, and of course, and, they, and then Floyd said, "You know, you can't say that about black people. You, you know, whatever, whatever." Like. A, you probably you probably sit together on your private jet yes! and figure out what you should and should not say. All right, like I know you do because Floyd because Conor McGregor hasn't said one thing about Floyd hitting women, and if this was real, Conor McGregor would be the first thing out of yes. Conor McGregor's mouth. This you would, was real. You would, no, you would say it every minute of every day. Yeah, like you would talk about his taxes, which you did, but you know, <laughs> Floyd put that out there, so it's whatever. You would talk about Floyd going to jail for hitting women all the time if this was real. So this clearly ain't real. This is clearly a show. Can can you remember an event featuring two more unlikable human beings? No, like this is un like. Don't you need to root for someone? I I, I know, but like I, I mean, sorry. Let's be real here. I'm going to keep it 300. Go ahead. I mean, I, I mean, a fair majority of African Americans are root for Mayweather. Yes, and a fair majority of white people are going to root for McGregor. Yes, because that's what boxing is. Yes, <laughs> I mean, this is this is touching. Every stereotype rooting interest, and are people buying it? Yes, and that, and, that, and that's the thing. Here's the thing: the point of this whole tour, I'll break it down for you. We will break it down for you right now. The point of this whole tour was two things: make you think 
that Conor McGregor had some sort of chance in Mayweather. Make you think that he got in his head. Make you think that you know he's he's on Mayweather's level on some on, on in some aspect of, of this whole thing, and make you hate one of these dudes so much that you want to see the other dude knock him out. And I think they did it because, like you said, the white people hate Mayweather. Like you saw what happened in London. Like that dude got booed off the stage, like in London. And it's probably a lot of white people in America who think the same way about Floyd Mayweather. And then you see, either obviously, Conor McGregor, everything he said. Like, obviously, you know, black America does not like Conor McGregor. So I think you got a lot of people buying into this. They have, they have played a lot of people. And Floyd, again, and then Floyd went, he went, he, he dropped the, the homosexual slur yesterday. Like, they went completely, they got everybody in this. Both everybody. Of, both of these guys are massive POSs. Sorry, I, I mean. The, don't, don't apologize. These guys are. Are awful. You have a terrible human being in Conor McGregor and a terrible human being. The, the only question is who's worse. I don't. I, don't, I think they're equally it's bad. A tie. Like really. Like I would like for like the ring to open up and for the two of these guys to fall into a sinkhole. I would like the referee to climb out and the two of those guys just. Disappear. I would want the big show to come out like he did in WrestleMania and choke slam both of these guys this, because that's the only like like there is no good outcome in this. No. Like no. There's no winner. There's Some no, scumbag is going to win. Yep. Well, both of these guys are getting paid, so they're going to win financially. Yeah, no, like I mean, this is a black eye, man. I'm sorry, man. Like I hate this. This is yeah, this is terrible. And look, I mean, if you want to buy it for the entertainment factor, go, go ahead, knock for a out. round. No, I'm saying if you want to, no, for it, like for the spectacle. How long is this? How long is is the actual entrance to the match to the knockout gonna gonna take? Thirty minutes. I think it. I think it probably goes the distance. To be honest with you, I think so. It probably it probably takes about an hour. What? This is gonna go twelve rounds? I think. I'm, I think it might. What? Floyd, Floyd doesn't knock guys out. Floyd's not a knockout guy. Like he, Floyd, Floyd. Floyd dodges guys that didn't, didn't, didn't score his points. Floyd hasn't knocked any like legit knockout like knocked anybody out in like I don't know seven eight years. Remember, but this isn't a boxer. No, but I'm, but he takes like Conor McGregor is an MMA dude who takes hits. Like he takes hits for with dudes with little gloves. Like when Floyd Mayweather has has like six, six ounce gloves on, that's different from getting somebody punched in by, by somebody's knuckles or somebody's knee. Like Conor McGregor takes a punch. No, but, no, but is he taking punches to the face? Oh yeah, oh he takes knees to the face. Oh Conor McGregor gets hit. Like that's the thing. Like the See, only, I know nothing about MMA. Yeah, no, so. like these dudes, like you get kicked in the face, you get kneed in the face. All right, so elbowed. he's got a pretty good pain threshold. Yeah, he's gonna get like the only issue with Conor McGregor is stamina. Like, can Conor McGregor, you know, run around? For, by the way, this 12? is way more than I want to talk about this. Yeah, but. and this is probably, like, one of the few times we'll talk about it. But Conor McGregor, he's not used to fighting, you know, three, like, 12, three-round, you know, three-minute rounds. So, like, that might be the only issue with Conor McGregor. But he can take a hit. Like, Floyd's going to knock him out. By the way, congrats to LeVar Ball. You have been eclipsed <laughs> as the more the the most cringeworthy thing in sports right That's now. Like, I, I never thought LeVar was cringeworthy. It was just like, it was just a dude. Oh, no. Just, like, a, after that Raw thing, I'm like, I can't. That, I, well, that was, yeah. yeah that, that was pretty bad. But, yeah, Mayweather McGregor, like, again, like, please, if you if you feel the, if you feel the urge to, to spend $100 on this fight, it will be entertaining in some form. I, I promise you that. Um, but these are just two terrible people. And this is straight out of, as Chris, you know, Chris mentioned before we went on the air. This is straight out of that movie, Great, Great White Hype. You have a, a, a former, a former Floyd champion. Floyd Mayweather as Damon Wayans. <laughs> you have a former champion who hasn't fought in a while, you know, who, who people aren't sure what he's got left. Meanwhile, you have this Irish guy, even though Peter Berg really wasn't Irish in the Great White Hype, but they made him Irish. Um, you have this Irish guy. Um, they probably watched this while, while while figuring this out. Yeah, I don't even know who plays the Samuel L. Jackson role in this, but it, again, this is straight out of the Great White Hype. If you watch that movie, you will see a lot of similarities between that and this. And again, as Chris mentioned earlier, boxing's always been about race. 
Like you, you take you know you take Floyd versus uh, De La Hoya. You take Floyd versus Manny Pacquiao. You take Jerry Cooney versus the guys. You back could in even the 70s. go back to like yeah. to like Marciano, right? Rocky Marciano, Joe Lu- Joe Lewis. Like uh, it's always been about one race versus another race, and like there you go. Like this has every element of every major boxing even, thing ever. Even when you like, even when you got two black guys, rather because when when uh, Joe Frazier, um, Mah- r- 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 like I mean, right. who was the more black guy? Right, it was like it's, it's like yo, it's like oh man, like you have Muhammad Ali calling this dude a gorilla. Like, yes. like are you serious? Like this is crazy. Like boxing's always been about this. But 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 like doesn't. I know boxing's in the toilet because it's been in the toilet. Here. Only here, though. Overseas, it's huge. Really? Yeah. Overseas, they get crazy crowds, man. Like, Manny got a huge crowd in Australia for that fight. He got robbed in a couple weeks ago. It's just, once again, it the social – like, no, but, like, this is bring it, but for the wrong reasons. I, I mean, there should be, like, a good hype towards a fight. Like, I, there's, I, well, there's hype, but, I mean – No, but it's bad. Like, it's just I, terrible people. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like – I could get behind, like, I mean, that last, that, that Tyson Holyfield one. I mean, like, that was a nice buzz. I mean, that was, I mean, I can't remember the last, I, I mean, I obviously they're like, like Mayweather Pacquiao would have, peak Mayweather, peak Pacquiao would have been like a great. That would have been the greatest fight of our lifetime. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. Well, of, of the recent times. Because we haven't seen one in a long time. It's been a very, it's been a very long time since we've seen that. So Sorry okay. we went for the A block. To like the yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Because I needed to talk about that. Because I, I had a feeling you had to talk about it. And I, no, I, I, I mean, like, of course, it, it, it leads Sports Center, And it's like, mm-hmm. they have no choice because pe- these clowns. It's a show. Are literally just just saying terrible stuff. <laughs> All of them. It's ridiculous. It's but it's so transparent, though. Right to me, to me, to you, to anybody who's reasonable in this. And even though, again, despite the transparency, a lot of people are still going to buy the fight. A lot of people are, are still going to enjoy the fight, even though, like you know, you know, they're selling you wolf tickets. But you're like, ah. oh no, I would love, no, not love. I, I, I mean, I'd like to oversee. A place that is playing this fight mm-hmm. and see the reactions between all types of people. Oh, you know what they are. <laughs> we got to tell you. I know, no, no. But it would, it, it, it would be, an, it, I don't say nice. It would just be interesting to see. Very, very interesting to see. All right, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, a very short last segment of the show. We're going to talk about athletes and their use of social media. A couple of Philadelphia athletes came under fire over the past week or so for their use of social media, so we will discuss that more. You're listening to the Broad Street Line on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Welcome back to the Broad Street Line alongside Chris Domingo. I'm Roy Burton. That was a long first segment. We apologize, but we're going to keep it keep moving with the second segment of the show. We're going to talk about athletes and social media. Now, a lot of athletes you know, can't help themselves. 
you know, well, they use a lot of athletes use social media for other things other than personal branding. Um, <laughs> but there are many who use social media who go on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook or whatever and kind of reach out to their fans, which is a very cool thing, which is very cool because we have a level of access to athletes that we, we have we've never had before. Like if you want to talk to your favorite athlete, you can really just jump on Twitter, like pick up your phone and tweet them and if they're Kevin Durant, they always respond. Like certain guys will respond to you or, or you know, you can have dialogue and, and things like that. Where again, before you had to rely on team, you know, PR PR groups or the media or things like that to have access. And even then that was indirect access to the media. But when you have these different social media platforms, that's also more chances or more microphones, if you will, for these guys to kind of get in trouble on some level. And of course, we heard uh, Joel Embiid got fined ten thousand dollars. By the way, Roy, isn't Joel Embiid the best example of building your brand through social media? Absolutely, because Joel Embiid has played thirty-one basketball games, and um, you would think if you didn't know Joel Embiid's basketball career, you would think this guy was a multiple multiple time All Star, mm-hmm. multiple time All Star, one of the greatest players in the NBA. Not a bad to play thirty-one basketball <laughs> games, but he's the most popular. He might be one of the five most popular players in the NBA. Oh, I don't think it's. I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, and, and and he's played thirty one basketball games, <laughs> but he was fined ten grand by the NBA for his use of profanity on social media. I think this was an Instagram, but I get them all confused. Snap. I think it's. I think it's. I thought, I thought it was Twitter. Was it? Tw- it was a video, so I don't know. Oh, oh okay, so, okay. Um, he had a video on on Snapface or Insta Chat or one of those, uh, where he said F Lavar Ball, Lavar Ball, obviously the father of Lonzo Ball, the, the Lakers look, the Lakers rookie. Um, and the NBA fined ten grand for using a profanity. Now, first of all, if the NBA starts fining every NBA player for using profanity on on social media, like, everybody would get fined. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Joel Embiid got well. First of all, do you think the fine was right? Was it was it, a, was it legit? Like, should you be fined ten grand for dropping f bombs on on videos? But he directed it at somebody. Does that matter? I think so. What if you just said, I don't know, I got I. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it What is. if you said well, – no, no, like it, no, like if you said like F Chance the Rapper. It wasn't, it wasn't another player. No, no but so. it, I mean it was directed towards a player. No, but it was LeVar. Yeah, no, but it, like he's an extension – Like, uh, but he's not Lonzo. No, I get it. <laughs> but I, I, I mean – and that's – I'm trying to figure all this out. It's like, like obviously you don't want to like come at like I don't know other players. But like someone put it – I put a spin on this, and I kind of agree with it. Like, remember when we always like said, "Oh man, we hate that all these like dudes like are like friends and all that stuff." Like, mm-hmm. now we like he's like genuinely doesn't like I don't like like Lonzo or Laval. It's like I, I mean I don't care that he doesn't. I don't care that he does it either. No, no, it's just the whole. Do you want to do that on social media? Right. Like, should he have done it? No. Okay. Like, I think he even though he says that you know I'm glad I said it. Most people have been wanting to say that I'm glad I said it because and again this came because Levar Ball earlier basically said the Sixers haven't done anything on the court. They need to do stuff before they keep talking or whatever. So so who so Levar Ball shockingly Levar Ball started it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but again, Levar Ball. So I just, feel less bad about it. Yeah. He's just a, you know, but he's just you know he's not an NBA player. And Joel Embiid said you know bleep you, and then the NBA came back. And of course Levar Ball. Had to come back and, and take shots at, at Joel Embiid. Said he's dumb. Yeah, said his vocabulary. Quote: His vocabulary is limited. You got to use cuss words when you don't have no intellect. When you don't have no intellect. <laughs> again. Um, and then he said, "I got three words for him. Can't can't play at all. Oh shoot, that's four. <laughs> so again, we're speaking of orchestrated. Exactly. Exactly. Ish. Oh my! Like this really is like when I hear people like say that that things like wrestling are orchestrated. 
Uh, this is so orchestrated with LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball is the most, that's why, like, I really don't hate the dude because LeVar Ball is just playing the game so well. He is getting, these, but he is such a bozo. He like, not yeah, but, but on, from a media standpoint. Oh no, no. His, mm-hmm. if it's all about brand, yes. brand building, right. Big baller brand is building. But LeVar Ball is a genius. This dude is like every like multiple. They keep interviewing him like every day at summer league. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even bothering putting a microphone in front of this guy's face? He's going to say something crazy. Something you probably already heard before, but you don't have to do it every single day. And then the cameras on him, and it's like, like this dude, like this dude is a marketing brand building genius. You really don't have a whole lot to say. One of the best, well, one of the phrases you'll remember from this year is "stay in your lane." Stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane, Christine Leahy. Stay in your lane, according to Lavar. Le- Le- uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere. Where with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.